Hey, strangers. Welcome to a fresh new episode of The Strange <laughs> Sessions. As always, I am Kurt, and I am joined by my co-host, who is pretty witty, <laughs> and she ain't no Conway Twitty. I don't even know, <laughs> oh don't even know what the hell that means. That was, that was I know a, who Conway Twitty is. That was is. an emergency rhyming thing where I'm like, wow. oh, I could think of a couple things that rhyme with witty, but none of them would have been <laughs> appropriate for the podcast. You're going to market explicit. <laughs> so, I almost feel like Conway Twitty, you have to market explicit as well. Conway uh, Twitty. Yeah. Old school country. That is some old school country. Yeah. How are you, Krista? Um, pretty witty and not kind of witty. witty and good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's a little cold in the studio today. I've got a heater p- pointed right at me, but yeah, Kurt's like super casual and comfortable. I like it cold. I'm, you know, like I said, I've when I lived in my old apartment complex, I had this lady that when I would leave for work, she would open a window to yell at me in the morning because it was like 40 degrees and I didn't have a jacket or anything, <laughs> just a t-shirt. Aww. And she'd yell at me she all the time. She cared about you. That's she cute. did. But uh, I, I'm, I'm happy cold. Hmm. I love hoodie weather. And I think it's nice in the studio tonight, but if Krista's can, got the heater yeah. pointed right at her. My hands are like ice. She's if, got her jacket on, got the heater pointed right at her. <laughs> so my left <laughs> half is going to be super toasty. <laughs> and the other half My right half is going to be cold. But everything's going okay. Yeah, I have a funny story to tell. Ooh, actually, please tell. The, it won't take up mo- most of our most of the what do we call the, it? The titillating twenty. Titillating. <laughs> we'll call it the titillating twenty. Um, <laughs> so I've mentioned Sasquatch Chronicles before, right? I've t- I think I've turned a couple of our listeners on to it. So, long story short, I'm on the way to work a couple days ago. Uh, really into an episode. That's all I've been listening to lately is Sasquatch Chronicles. There, there's been some really good um, episodes. and uh, You need to check out Monsters Among Us. Okay, I will. Yeah, okay. you just told me about that one today. Um, or yesterday. So I'm driving along, and all of a sudden I see this sheriff's uh, deputy pull oh, He's I'm going one way. They're coming the other way. Pull over to the side of the road and let a bunch of people go by him and I look at my speed and I was going 79 and a 55. <laughs> I was like so into this episode. Wow. <laughs> I was not paying any attention to what I was doing. And I got pulled over. Long story short, I got pulled over. Seriously? That's that is an excessive speeding Did you get ticket. ticket? Did you I get... got a ticket. Wow. My first speeding ticket in my life. Wow. I'm 42 and I finally got a speeding ticket. Wow. Um, he was super nice though. Uh, it was my first ticket and he could have gotten me for excessive speeding, which is like half of your points. I don't know what it's like in other States, but in Wisconsin 20 over, and I was well over that is half of your points on your license on the spot and like a really big fine. And he, I was super honest. I was like, I just wasn't paying attention. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and he reduced it to 19 over, which is a normal speeding ticket. So it's still going to cost me a couple hundred bucks, but it's only like three points or something. Uh, My first ever speeding ticket. I don't remember if I told you this. I had a friend that was part of like a modeling studio Mm. that she, her and these other girls like did a lot of modeling, like for the shop go weekend flyer (laughs) ads and all that stuff. A lot of looking at watches. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of that, like the bras and the (laughs) swimsuits and stuff. And she was late for a Mm. modeling session in Appleton. So I, I was driving her there and we were speeding because she was late. We got pulled over. And I just remember when we got there, she was telling all the other models what happened and they're all coming up and hugging me Aww. and like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that and worked stuff. out and pretty well like, for you. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was totally worth it. And then we went to lunch and I was with all these models and I was like, yeah. Dang. And then all the male models showed up and then I was pretty much like something you scraped off the bottom of your shoe. You were just the driver at that point. I was just point. the driver at that point. <laughs> but that was my first speeding ticket. 
Well, the moral of my story, kids, is if you're listening to a podcast that you're really into, just use your cruise control. <laughs> yes. Just use your cruise control. I'm using mine now, and uh, now I'm super cognizant of my speed at all times. It, you know, as I, I'm 42, I don't have drugs in the car. I'm not doing anything wrong. But boy, does your heart stop pounding when you see the lights go on behind you. You're, you know you're not in trouble. You know you're just going to walk away with a yeah. ticket at the most. But still, that's that I got moment. pulled over a couple Ooh. weeks ago for my sticker being overdue. Oh, really? And, you know, everybody is like, were you texting? Because I'm trying to stop texting and driving, but I'm really bad with that. So I'm trying to get better. But yeah, it was, he didn't, he just gave me a warning because it was, but well, I think he, it was like one in the morning. It was one in the morning. So I think he was pulling me over to see if I was drinking. Oh, could be. But I was babysitting for my niece and nephew and that's why I was Well, but if your stickers are expired or if your yeah. plates are yep. expired. So. so that's law talk Another with Kurt public- and Krista. <laughs> Another public service announcement. Get your plates <laughs> renewed and don't listen to podcasts. But other than that, I haven't. I went to the con- a concert Saturday yeah, how night. Was Blue such a good October. time. Blue October are amazing in concert. So isn't the rave supposed to be haunted? Yeah, the rave is supposed to be haunted. So was it the rave or the Eagles Ballroom that you were in? It was the. I, I don't know Eagles which. Eagles Ballroom is the uppermost. It's like a huge. No, huge it was ballroom. the smaller one. So it was it's the probably rave. Probably the rave then. Yeah, yeah, they sold it out for the first time ever. So that was nice. But their Blue October is amazing in concert. Yeah. So good, and I had such a good time. But yeah, uh, good. we were talking to somebody there that they have a security person positioned. I think it's a pool or something. Yeah, in the basement. Yeah, they have a security person positioned there during the concert because people try to go down there because of the stories about it being haunted. Okay. For you guys who don't know, this is in Milwaukee, the rave. Yeah, it's a concert hall. Kind of a shoddy neighborhood. Actually really close to where Jeffrey Dahmer lived. Yeah. I didn't know that until I was walking with Liz. <laughs> yeah, it's right by UW yeah. or not UW. It's right by Marquette University. Yeah. So Liz and I were walking across the street to the gas station to get ghetto coffee. Gas station. The, the very ghetto gas station <laughs> to get coffee. To get coffee. And she's like, just so you know, this is Dahmer's stomping grounds. Yeah, and I was like, wow, totally. I didn't know that's it where was it was. It was west of there, I think, yeah. but still really close to Marquette. Yeah. I haven't been to the Raven in several years. DJ Shadow was my last concert there. I don't even know who that show. is. Most people probably don't. No. But any hoozles. Uh, we want to give some shout outs to our newest strangers. Yeah. And those would be Angela Bell, who I know in person. Love you, Ange. Sonia Borisovna. I think that's how it's pronounced, Borisovna. Sounded good. It sounded okay. Do you think she's Russian? Russian. I don't know. It sounds Russian. I okay. hope so. Well, I hopefully like, she'll tell us. I like Russia. Patrick Anno. Kaylee Solner. Or Solnier, we're not sure. Now I'm self-conscious that we're, know, we're right? massacring everybody's names. <laughs> Stephanie LeBlanc. Did you see Stephanie LeBlanc's picture? I don't know. She looks a lot like Barry that we really? always talk about on her. She looks so much like oh, Barry my, I'm gonna have to go that at look. first when her thing popped up, I thought it was Barry because it looks so much like Barry. Does she have the cat eye? Like the she glasses? has the glasses like oh, Barry. Okay. Yeah, she looks so much like Barry. It was kind of like, whoa. Nice. Uh, Russ Woolen, who is not on Facebook, but sent us an email to oh, say right. how much he liked the show. So thank you so much, Russ. Yeah, that was so cool. And Jessica George Gom, who I went to high school with. Oh, hey, Jessica. Yeah. She, yeah, uh, she just joined. Yeah, that's yeah, right. She, I well, saw she's that. been, I think Mark added, added her to the group, her, yeah. but she's starting to listen to the podcast now. We went to high school with her and she was in a ghost hunting group that she says has kind of fell to the wayside. As did ours. <laughs> As did ours. But if we ever do an investigation, might have her come along. Very cool. It'd be, I'd like to have her on the show to talk to her about yeah. her experiences. I, I don't get a lot of opportunity to talk to other investigators no, from other groups. No, I don't either. So, so it would be kind of nice fun to, to talk compare to notes. Them. Yeah. Very cool. So do you have any personal shout outs? I don't think so. 
No, nope. I don't think so either. I want to give a personal shout out to Jamie Bond, who did our music and sat in on our episode area 51 because mm-hmm. his father passed away. Yeah. So that was sad, but Very love sad. you, Jamie. Hope you're doing okay. We're thinking about you. Thinking about you. Uh, any housekeeping? Not that I can think of. I'm terrible at this. I feel like <laughs> I probably always have housekeeping. I just don't write it and down. And then after we leave, you're like, don't, we should have, because we do that a lot. We We're like, do. crap, we should have talked about this. <laughs> Um, just a reminder that we have a contest going on yeah. that only a handful of people have submitted for. Sherry, thank you. Yes, thank you, Sherry. Only, I think so far, only five people. Well, Come on, people. Sign up. You can do better than this. You can do, you We're can, disappointed better in than you. That. <laughs> Foolish mortals. <laughs> um, you send it. All you got to do is send an email to the address the strange sessions contest at gmail.com. And if your name is the one we pick, you can pick our topic for our 20th episode. Sweet. Anything you want. Anything you want. Pretty much anything you want. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just went from anything you want to pretty much anything you want. Well, we can't what would be ex- off limits something to Something explicit. Well, sure. I guess we can mark it explicit. Yeah. But I don't know what kind of weird <laughs> explicit stuff there is. That's true. But yeah, please send us... Uh, entry yeah if you want speaking of explicit oh boy oh i was just going to mention that paranormal palaver by the way it will be explicit because i can't reel those two in enough for it to not be explicit i'm pretty sure when joe was on i had to edit probably a couple s-bombs f-bombs yeah and and very well in our last recording session we reviewed the movie seven and there are just a lot of like sexual (laughs) references so um Anyway, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that we're we're recording and the first episode is due to come out. There's a calendar behind me. Big calendar. Uh, December 3rd will be like our intro when we come back. So yep. just stay tuned. Yay. So I may or may not be on there at some be. point. I will he be. will be. We'll see. If I have to strap you to that chair, you're going to be on this episode. <laughs> Sweet. It's more about nailing down a time that we can all make it, but I yeah, wanted to make it sound part. way more so dramatic. We all, have, we all have different schedules. <laughs> totally different schedules, but... But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. I'm looking forward to our taste test today. Woot, are you ready? I, I this, think so. This it, was it, sent it to us. It's like a coffee thermos, but he this, said it's not a beverage. So this I'm was confused. sent to us by our listener that we have mentioned previous several times, uh, Sarah from Canada, our Canadian listener. Canada. Or Canada. Hey, you smoking the weed up there, Sarah? Because <laughs> uh, Canada's just legalized recreational weed. So. I think that's awesome. I do too. I never smoked. We've talked about this. I've never smoked weed. I have no desire whatsoever mm. to smoke weed, but I think let people smoke it if they want. You could eat it. No. Do the edibles? No. no. It's been years. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I've never. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I've never done it, so maybe for one of our taste tests, I'll eat a bunch of edibles and we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, no, no, not a bunch. <laughs> not a bunch. Just but no, it was sent bit. to us by Sarah, and it, it was isn't edible. It was, <laughs> we don't know <laughs> it. No, I don't think I don't think it God. is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> start to giggle and be eating all the candy we got. <laughs> right. Um, she, I sent her a picture of me with the package saying, "Yay, we got it!" And sh- I'm, I'm like, "We'll open it on the show." And she's like, "No, you got to open it because there's prep work oh, required." And I was like, work. "Oh, so there was prep work." This is and exciting. This is one of those things that people either love or hate. Oh, like cilantro. Like ugh, cilantro. Was I horrible. love cilantro. cilantro I love awful. it. No, it's wonderful. I love this it. is one of those things that people either love or hate. And it's funny because I told one person what we were trying and they're like, that's nasty. Is there black licorice in And that? then I told Miranda today, I went to Miranda's house and I told her and she's like, that sounds really good actually. So it's one of those things that you're either going to love or you're going to okay. hate. 
and I think you're going to like it. Okay. So if it doesn't have black licorice in it. No, it doesn't have black licorice. Okay. So this was sent to us, as I said, by Sarah. I'm nervous. I got to get my phone ready. There's ice on the top. It's frozen. That's Whoa, why it's in here. Whoa, this is crazy. It it's is. frozen. Pickle Pops. Oh, Lord. Hold that up. I'm taking a picture. Pickle Pops. I don't know, Sarah. I'm going to give it... Oh, you know, like the flavor ice things, that yeah, the like frozen thing that come in the plastic? Yeah, like an icy. an icy. This is basically pickle flavored. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I, I can... I know. I can, I <laughs> can guarantee... Gonna. I can guarantee you that I'm going okay, to like this I'm because I love pickle juice. We'll, we'll find out. I got to take a better close-up fo- photo. Yeah, it is Bob's Pickle Pops. It's cute. Enjoy frozen or unfrozen. You can Ooh. do a little Oh, not little unfrozen. Shot. I think it would I, have to be frozen. No. I, when I finish a jar of pickles at home, I literally the chug juice? the juice oh. and olives. I don't like pickles. So I, I can 100% guarantee that I'm going to love this. So I got to figure out how to open it. All right. From the side here? Is I think that... the top. It says open here. You know how I struggle with containers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Did you get yours open? No. Oh, there's like a side tear thing here. I'm going to end up spilling pickle juice all over myself. I'm going to have to use my teeth. <laughs> it's like wet and slippery and cold. I'm sort of getting somewhere with it. Oh, there. No, okay. open mine. With my teeth? Well, you can open it with your teeth. Let's well, that's where it's supposed to open. I had it started. Whoops. It keeps sliding <laughs> out of my hands. <laughs> this is suggestive pickle pop talk <laughs> with Kurt and Krista. Is there a napkin over here? I'm going to go. I think if my hands were dry. Oh, I can smell the pickle. no better phrase in the English language than I can smell the pickle. Thank you. I I would have trusted your teeth. Okay. I'm a little nervous. I am quivering with anticipation because I know I'm... It is pickle. It is dilly. (laughs) It is dilly. Dilly dilly. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's try the pickle pops. Okay. I like it. <laughs> that is Kristen. Oh my Krista is, is not a fan. It's a little too pickly for me. It's way more pickly than I expected. Holy moly! But good pickly. It is really dilly. I give them credit because I really thought they were going to wuss out on the pickleness, and they nope. did not. Nope. It is full on pickle wow. flavor. Wow. Original pickle pops. Mm. I like the smiley pickle on the front with the hat. I really like this. Um, here's the thing. Oh boy. <laughs> when I was in high school, like, was I still in high school? Like the summer, I worked at a pickle factory in Green Bay. I didn't know that. Well, it was brief. <laughs> I couldn't handle like conveyor belts with the hot smell of pickles and cucumbers whizzing by. I got sick like every day. <laughs> And I had a really hard time eating pickles after that for a long time. So I'm just in the last few years so you're starting bi- to like pickles again. You're probably biased against this to start with. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, it's like I really like in the a face with a pickle. The pickle. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like strong. 
I couldn't imagine drinking this not cold. <laughs> the the package said it was a good snack for kids because there's no sugar. Oh. And Only five want... calories. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're on a diet, this is the way to go. Only two carbs. A little really bit like of sodium. It. A little mm. bit of sodium. I don't know if I can finish it, to be honest with you. I'll finish yours. I like it. But it, it is it is pickle-tastic. It is very pickly. I'm going to put it in a mug so it doesn't drip. The face you're making. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it has a very briny, olive taste. Too. It is very briny. We've eaten a lot of stuff that we've described as briny. <laughs> I like, I'm a huge fan of olives, so I like brine. Mm. It's just a little too pickly. I really like this. Mm. Well, I know a good stocking stuffer, stuffer for curtains. Yeah, <laughs> I think this would be like a really refreshing summer snack. Sure. I could see like dumping it in a Bloody Mary or something. Yeah, because it's said on there you can enjoy it frozen or unfrozen. Yeah. It should be good in a Bloody Mary, but I think it's good just like this. Kurt's in heaven. I like it. It's very pickly. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the, the thought, because we have discussed a lot of pickle stuff on here, especially the candy. We talked about the... you. The, you're making the same face I made. That one was that was exceptionally <laughs> dilly. <laughs> that one was like, wow. Mm. That was a slap in the face with a pickle. But no, I really like this. This is something that I would legitimately snack on at home. As you are right now. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Mm. (laughs) What would you rate it, Kurt? Um, If you like pickles, I would rate it a nine. I think, yeah, if you're really into pickles. If you're not into pickles. It's got great pickle flavor. It's got a rig. I mean, it's pickle juice frozen. Um, If you're not into pickles like me. Guessing it's not going to be a nine. I'd give it like a five. Wow. It's that, not horrible. That's more than I thought you would give it. Yeah. I mean, I managed to take more than one bite. I feel like that's something. I feel like I need chocolate now, though. Or some kind of mysterious Japanese snack. Okay. <laughs> we will dig into hint, hint. The, the box. <laughs> Should of, I dig in there? Yeah. The box of candy that was sent Ooh. to us by our listener, Liz. I've never chosen one of these. Ooh. Wow. I wish you guys could see this. That is the box of candy. I mean, it's like we went trick-or-treating and came home with this. <laughs> we went trick-or-treating in Japan. Wow. Okay. I grabbed something. Um, i tell you what it is, but I don't have a clue. What if this has something you're allergic to in it? Then I'll die. Plain I mean, this, look like nut- this looks like some kind of nuts. I don't know, Kurt. You try it first, then let me know. Okay. I'm going to take a picture. Mm. Did you download that translator thing? No, I, did. I have to do that yet. Okay. It looks like something you put on soup. So maybe it's like wontons. I'm going to eat your pickle thing. Okay. That sounded really perverse. Yeah, that did. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody ever says, I'm going to eat your pickle thing, that's not really... <laughs> probably not a good that's thing. That's probably not hot. Unless you're a dude, then it, I don't know, it sort of makes sense. <laughs> We're going to have to the, edit that all you've out. You've got the hardware We're to We're going to edit that out. It smells soy, very soy. Oh, I'm going to take a picture of that now, too. <laughs> like a pile of little fried wontons or something. Okay, I'm going to try it. What are you supposed to put it in? Soup. That's what I think it's like, like a wonton wrapper. Mm. I think it's good. I'm a little worried that you're eating that right now, but. 
You're only allergic to those couple of nuts, right? That is good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm going to take a picture of it in my hand. So you can, that is like it's soy. It's like soy sauce flavor. Like a soy flavor. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. They're cute. But it, it's mingling with the pickle flavor in my mouth right now. <laughs> I'm trying to cover the pickle flavor. <laughs> These are good. It's like... Yeah, very, very strong soy sauce flavor. But it's like they took wonton wrappers and like cut them into little strips yeah, and then fried them. Yeah, that is what it tastes like, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm, you can good. dig another piece of candy out if you want. Okay. Wow, it's like Halloween here. <laughs> like a weird pickle, pickled <laughs> soy Halloween. <laughs> she almost dumped pickled the box. soy Halloween. Hmm. These are always intriguing. Yes, they are. Do you think it's candy? No, it's they're always like savory. They're savory. Hmm. The corn on is kind of sweet though. What the heck? The pictures really don't help either. You're like, what? Oh, that could be sweet. I think that's sweet. Yeah, it looks sweet. It looks frosted. Try it. All right. It truly is a mystery. I don't even know what way is up. <laughs> I think it's this way. <laughs> Wow, I've really got the taste of soy. I'm just enjoying my pickle pop. You can just go to town on your pickle pop. That sounded really <laughs> yeah. inappropriate. Yeah, sounded sketchy too. Sorry. <laughs> go to town on my pickle pop. Okay, I'll take a picture of the back, which I think is I'm holding the right way. Okay, I'm going to rip this baby open. I think. We know I struggle with packages. I know you do. Hmm. Does it smell sweet? I can't tell. It smells fried. They're really into fried stuff. I've discovered. Ooh. It looks like a big cookie. Sort of like a snickerdoodle. It looks like a snickerdoodle cookie. It's gonna probably like fish flavored. <laughs> <laughs> probably is. Yes. Oh, let's try this. <laughs> Take a picture. I don't know. Everything's gonna taste like pickles for me right now. So I don't know <laughs> what it's gonna soy. be. Pickles and soy. I think it's gonna be messy. Oh, it's hard to Oh, wow. That busted, <laughs> Did you hear that? That busted hard. Oh, it's like, like a, it was a piece of drywall. <laughs> Sugar-coated drywall. It actually looks like styrofoam. It looks like a McDonald's hash brown. That's what oh, it looks like. It does. I hope it tastes like one. It doesn't smell like anything. No. Like nothing. I'm afraid. <laughs> it smells like nothing. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Mm. Oh. Oh. It is sweet. Mm. What does this taste like? Like a, what is I'm like I like those Quaker rice cakes. Oh, it does taste. It like tastes a rice like a rice, cake. like a the caramel ones, but a little buttery too. Yeah, but it's got like a weird salty fish flavor. Like a, no, not a, not a not a fish or pickle or soy. It's got like a savory, weird savoriness. Umami. To it. it might be umami. It might be umami. Mm. Oh. I like it. I like it, but I can't describe. No. If only we knew what the ingredients were. <laughs> it's like sweet, but there's also like this. There's like an underlying savory flavor. Yeah. Hmm. Very crunchy. It is very crunchy. <laughs> hmm. I should take a picture of it broken in half. It's good. I really like that. I can't it, describe it. I imagine the popcorn mixed with a rice cake yeah it's like a popcorn rice cake mixed with caramel with a, a hint of soy or something <laughs> with a hint of mystery yeah, i'm just going back to going back to town on my pickle pop okay mm. 
I ended on a high note. That's all I wanted. Thank you, mysterious Japanese crunchy snack. Thank you, Liz and Sarah. Yes, thank you, guys. I'm, I'm, I am having a love affair with my pickle pop. I don't know if I want the rest of these crunchy soy things, though. Okay. Leave those for the paranormal palaver, guys. <laughs> anything we don't like, anything we don't like. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can have our hand-me-downs. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to go? We're ready. I got my pickle pop, I got my coffee, and I got my lucky podcasting underwear on, so... <laughs> We are set. I forgot about your podcasting underwear. I've worn. I mean, I've washed them in between, but I've worn these. <laughs> I've worn these for every episode we've are you done. Being serious? Yeah, like you really yeah, do. Yeah, that's oh, like that's my lucky so charm. Funny. Wow. Yep. So if we have a really crappy episode, like Maura Murray, we'll know that you weren't. wearing <laughs> Maybe your I wasn't underwear. wearing it for Maura Murray. Maybe that's what happened. This fly is driving me crazy. By it the way, is. it's the worst. I'm having this last piece of caramel oh. apple candy. Yeah, the fly has been in here since Sunday. I know that for a fact. I watched Jeff swat at it for like two hours. <laughs> so on to tonight's main topic, which is the Yuba 5. And I believe this was first suggested to us by Bridget. Well, Bridget, who, by the way, real quick, is starting her own podcast. Yes, she is. Super excited. That's the kind of stuff we should have in housekeeping that we forget yes. about. <laughs> We're terrible at this. But Bridget is really all about vintage. You should follow her on Instagram. I'll have to look. She's got a couple of different profiles. Um. She's out in California. She's been a fan of the show from pretty early on. And uh, she's starting a podcast. Uh, I think it's called The Vintage Life with Bridget. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. She posted a picture of her with her headphones I and know. Her I saw that. It was and, like so cute. Or no, it was a little video. So I'm excited. We for still want to have a crossover episode. We can figure Strange Vintage or the Vintage yeah. Sessions or something. I got it. We'll figure something out. We'll, yeah, we'll do it. But I believe she was the first person to suggest the Yuba 5. She did, yeah. And she... a couple other people have suggested it since then. Very and cool. I think Krista's going into this one knowing basically nothing about it. Just the little snippet that you posted in The Strangers, that's all I know about it. So basically nothing. Like I said, this is this is basically, has basically gotten the title America's Detlove Pass Incident. Yeah. So if you listen to that episode, I think you're going to like this one. At least I hope so. I hope so. I know nothing about it. <laughs> the story of the Yuba Five starts on Friday, February 24th, 1978. I was always under the assumption this was recent. Oh. Until I started looking, researching it. <laughs> Not I so knew, much. I knew absolutely nothing about this before I started researching this last week. So it's about 40 years ago. Yeah. And there's podcasts. Out or it is 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. Something like that. There are podcasts Get out talking bad. about it, but I'm trying to get away from listening to podcasts about what I'm going to talk about because then it might sway whatever I'm going to say. Right. That's but I, I thought this was something from the 90s, but it's not. 1978. February 24th, 1978. I was eight years old. A group of... I was two... Okay, moving on. Youngster. <laughs> a group of five friends from Yuba City, California, headed out to watch a college basketball game in a nearby town. The five friends were Gary Mathias, Jackie Hewitt, William Sterling, Jack Madruga, and Ted Weir. Those are the Yuba Five. Okay. All five men were between 24 and 32 years of age and all had developmental disabilities and were all enrolled in a day program for mentally handicapped adults. They were all very self-sufficient, however, and were completely able to function in society, just being what people would call, quote, slow. Didn't one of the guys, that's me, remember? I'm the slow one out of the two. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, didn't one of the pictures you posted, though, wasn't it a cop? No, he was a soldier. He, that was him, a picture of him in the army. Oh, okay. That was Gary Mathias. He okay. actually was in the army for a while. 
Gotcha. So they were all like they were they were slow, but they were able to function. Sure. They were just what we would call slow. They're all varying degrees of yep. yeah. Gary Mathias was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but was on medication for it and had served in the army until he was discharged for drug use. Police records show that he had become violent on occasion and was charged with assault twice. If he failed to take his drugs, he would sometimes lapse into a disoriented psychotic state that usually ended up with him in a Veterans Administration hospital, but by most accounts, he had his condition well under control. On that afternoon, February 24, 1978, the five men headed out in Jack Madruga's car and drove 50 miles north of Yuba City to the town of Chico, California. Chico. Chico. I just I did, want to I, say, that's I where Aaron Rodgers is from. Seriously? Yep, Chico, California. I did, did California. not know there was a Chico, California. Well. They drove to the town of Chico, California to attend the basketball game at the California State University there. The game ended around 10 o'clock p.m., and the group stopped at a nearby store to pick up some snacks for the trip home. Specifically, one Hostess cherry pie, one Langendorf lemon pie, one Snickers bar, one Marathon bar, two Pepsis, and a quart and a half of milk. Can you still buy a Marathon bar? I think so. I don't even know know. what that is. I'm impressed with a quart and a half of milk. Wisconsin boy right there. (laughs) Gotta wash all that chocolate down with something. (laughs) Hey, California has happy cows. Haven't you seen the commercials? Whatever. Mm. We're we're America's Dairyland. Of course. Don't even get me started with that. (laughs) Nothing personal against California. But they're trying to trying to offended. They're trying to jump on our milk stuff. <laughs> our dairy bandwagon. <laughs> our dairy bandwagon. That's the thing. The group drove away from the store, and that is one of the very last times that the men were seen alive. The next day, the families of the men called the police when they failed to return home. They were supposed to play in a basketball tournament themselves on that day and were excited about it, so it was alarming to the families that they would do anything that might lead them to miss the tournament. The police put out a bulletin and began a search for the missing men. On Tuesday, February 28th, a forest ranger found Madruga's abandoned car on an unpaved road in a mountainous area near Oroville, California, which was 70 miles to the east from Chico rather than the south, which would have taken them back home. This feels very Maura Murray all of a sudden. Yeah, um, <laughs> Last seen at a gas station, an abandoned car found on a road. I'll post a... A map there. I found a map on a couple different websites that had like a map of where the bodies were found, where they were headed, and it's way. Spoiler alert: there are bodies that are found. <laughs> it's a spoiler alert. It's way out of the way. Like if they would have okay. headed back to Yuba City, it was basically a straight southern shot. Okay, but where they went, they had to turn off the highway at one point. I've already got theories brewing, and I don't okay. even know what happened. <laughs> the car was unlocked. One of the windows were down, and the keys were missing. The junk food wrappers were laying in the car, except for one uneaten candy bar, and all the maps in the car were still folded up inside the glove compartment. There seemed to be no damage to the car, and it still had over a quarter tank of gas. It didn't appear to have been stuck in the snow or anything, and if it had spun out or gotten stuck, the five men should have had no problem getting it out. The car just seemed abandoned. Forest rangers began a search of the area, but shortly after starting the search, a huge blizzard moved into the area, dropping over nine inches of snow and obliterating any potential tracks or evidence that the men might have left. As winter continued, no word of the men, their whereabouts, or their fates came. Then, in June of that year, a group of weekend motorcyclists came across a broken window on an abandoned Forest Service trailer on a campground site 20 miles away from where the car had been abandoned. They decided to check out the trailer and went inside, only to discover what seemed to be a body laying in a bed, covered in eight sheets from head to toe, with the sheets tucked in underneath the head. 
They immediately left and went to notify the park rangers who radioed the police. When the police arrived and they lifted the sheets, they discovered the dead body of Ted Weir, who was missing his shoes and had badly frostbitten feet. Searching out from the trailer, police soon discovered the bodies of William Sterling and Jack Madruga on opposite sides of the road that led to the trailer, about 4.5 miles away from the trailer and 11 miles away from the car. Police believed that they had succumbed to the cold while the group was walking the road towards the trailer. Madruga's remains had been partially devoured by animals and was dragged about 10 feet to a nearby stream. He lay face up, his right hand curled around either his watch or his keys. Accounts vary, but it's almost always his watch because there are reports that they never found the keys. Sterling was found across the road from Madruga in a wooded area, his bones scattered over an area of 50 feet. How, this was how many months later? It was June, right? It was June. And it was February. Yeah, so it was several months later. Yeah. Jack Hewitt's backbone, pants, shoes, and scattered remains were then discovered northeast of the trailer. Dental records were used to identify his remains. Oh, boy. There were no signs of Gary Mathias, and the only evidence left by him was his tennis shoes, which were found inside the trailer with Weir's body. Police speculate that Mathias took off his shoes to replace them with Weir's shoes. To this day, no trace of Gary Mathias has ever been found. Oh, interesting. Northwest of the trailer, about a quarter mile away, searchers found three wool Forest Service blankets and a two-cell flashlight laying by the side of the road. The flashlight was rusted and had been turned off. It was impossible to tell just how long it had been there, so it's not known if Matthias had been carrying the items or not. Hmm. That was the kind of the theory. Looking back through their records, the Forest Service discovered that they had a snowcat run up the road to the trailer on February 23rd, the day before the disappearance, leaving a path in the snow that the men might have followed. It had been 42 degrees in Oroville that night, meaning it was most likely below freezing where they were because of the rise in elevation. They were basically going up a mountain. Okay. Autopsies on the decomposed remains show that the men most likely died from exposure, except for Ted Weir. So now we get to some of the strange stuff. Okay. Because I was going to say, so far, this is all pretty... Yeah. A bunch of guys got disoriented in the storm and... Based on facial hair growth and weight loss, it's believed that Ted Weir, the body in the bed in the trailer, had lived for 8 to 13 weeks after his disappearance. At the time of his death, his body was emaciated and weighed only around 110 to 120 pounds, and his death is believed to have happened from agonizingly slow starvation, even though a storage shed next to the trailer held over a year's supply of individual canned, freeze-dried, pre-cooked, and prepared meals issued to the U.S. military, along with a can opener. Only a few of the packages of food inside the trailer had been opened, while the majority of them had remained untouched. Scattered throughout the trailer were were dozens of paperback books, newspapers, pieces of wooden furniture, and several packs of matches, but a fire never appears to have been built for warmth. The broken window that was used to get into the trailer had never been covered, and strangest of all, a propane tank connected to the trailer had not been turned on. Yuba County Lieutenant Lance Ayers said, quote, All they had to do was turn that on and they would have had gas to the trailer and heat. And based on the sheets that were used as a makeshift shroud, the way they were tucked in around the body had to have been done by a second person inside the trailer. It is believed that the missing Gary Mathias was the other person in the trailer since his tennis shoes were found inside of it. Hmm. It's believed that Mathias exchanged his tennis shoes for Weir's at some point because Weir's feet were badly frostbitten. He took the shoes off and it's believed that Mathias put his shoes on his feet because they were bigger than his and they think Matthias might have had frostbite too. Okay. You have to remember that this this 
shed or this trailer they're in is 20 miles away from where the car was. Right. So they had to walk. They were all dressed in light jackets because nobody expected to be outside. They were dressed in light jackets, tennis shoes, and they walked 20 miles through the snow. Yeah, Weir had only been wearing a shirt and lightweight pants and had walked or run in the darkness through almost 20 miles of four to six foot snow drifts to reach the trailer. A table by the bed held his ring with the word Ted engraved on it, his gold necklace, his wallet with cash inside, and a gold watch with a missing crystal, which the family say had not belonged to any of the five men. And the car's underside was undamaged. This heavy American car with a low-hanging muffler and with five full-grown men inside had weaved up a stretch of torturously bumpy mountain road in total darkness without a gouge or dent or thick mud stain anywhere on the underside of the car. Hmm. The driver had either used astonishing care and precision, the investigators figured, or else the driver knew the road well enough to anticipate every rut. It was almost like the car had been picked up and set down there, one investigator said. Hmm. The family say that only Madruga drove that car ever and would not have let anybody else drive it. The families also say that Madruga disliked camping and hated the cold and had never been on that road before. I just keep going, hmm, hmm. hmm. <laughs> and then we get to Joseph Shones. Joseph Shones later told police that on the afternoon the men disappeared, he had driven up the same road the men's car was found on because he was planning to bring his wife and daughter up to their cabin that weekend, and he wanted to see what the snow situation looked like. Shones drove in and ended up getting his car stuck in the snow about 150 to 200 feet ahead of where Madruga's car would eventually be found. Shones tried to free his car from the snow, rocking it back and forth, only to end up having a minor heart attack. Oh my God. Unable to move much or do much of anything, Shones stayed in his car with the engine on and the heat going. He dozed on and off, and sometime in the night, he was woken up by what he called a strange whistling noise. He managed to get out of his car and look back and said he saw what looked like a group of men walking in the glare of a vehicle's headlights, and that he also saw what looked like a woman carrying a baby with a group of men. What? He said that he could hear the group talking amongst themselves, so he called out to them, yelling for help. As he did that, he said the lights completely went out and the talking stopped. After not hearing anything for a while, Shones once again got back into his car. A few hours later, he said he saw flashlight beams outside his window and once again called out for help. At the sound of his voice, the flashlight beams went out and all was quiet. After his car completely ran out of gas, Schoen got out and made his way back down the road to a lodge he had stopped at earlier. As he neared the area where he heard the voices, he came across Madruga's abandoned car. But there are also reports of Schoen saying that he saw two vehicles there, a car and a pickup truck, and that he saw all the people from the vehicles get into one of the vehicles and leave. Uh, he later took that back saying, quote, I don't know why I said that. Okay. <laughs> so if you research this, you're going to find two kind of different stories. That's either he saw the, the group. Why would he do that? Either he saw the group. Uh, he also says that he had a heart attack and was dazed and yeah. going in and out of consciousness. He could have hallucinated all. Well. Exactly. Yeah, he could have. He, he admits that he could have. Hmm. And that's basically the story. There's so many unanswered questions. Why did they turn off the main road? Why would they wander underdressed uphill into the woods rather than wait in the operable car? How did they walk in normal shoes without outdoor clothing so far in snow several feet thick? Why wouldn't they have built a fire with equipment in the trailer or figure out how to turn the gas on? Why did Weir die of starvation when there were enough rations outside in the storage locker for the five men to survive for over a year? 
Weir had a notebook in his pocket that he used as a kind of diary. Why didn't he write anything on it at all the time he was laying in bed in the trailer? Who tucked the sheets in on Weir? And did Joseph Schoen see the Yuba 5? And if his account is accurate, why didn't they make contact with him? Which one was this had schizophrenia? That was Matthias. Or and Mathis. he's the I... one that they never found? Which one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they never found. Because I have... Okay, you're going to get to theories. Yeah. So we have... There's basically three theories okay. for this. I'm ready. People are fascinated with this case, too. Mm-hmm. There's so much talk about it. Okay, I'm ready. Three theories. Number one, paranormal. Okay. Uh, whistling sounds, flashlights, and headlights are all kind of common themes in alien, alien abductions. abductions sure. uh, people theorize that maybe Joseph Jones had been abducted by aliens and the Yuba 5 witnessed it, and that's why they fled the scene. Okay. I don't know. Just throwing it out well, there. I guess it doesn't explain why they were out there in the first exactly. place. Okay. Exactly. Uh, there's a lot of people that tie it in with the missing 411 stuff. Sure. Because there's I've... some weird things in here that kind of... Right, totally. Correlate with some of the missing 411 stuff that we've talked about. Agreed. So there's that. Well, and back to paranormal, unless you're going to talk about Bigfoot, there are a lot of um, people who are making connections between missing 411 and Bigfoot. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention Bigfoot, but that's throw that in there too in the paranormal stuff because it's very possible. But that's basically what they have for paranormal. But a lot of people say that there's, a lot of people feel that there's paranormal undertones in well, this thing. Well, there's just unexplained Yeah, a lot things. of unexplained stuff. Although I think some things can explain it, but go ahead. Yeah, we'll probably get into those. Okay. Theory number two is foul play. There were unsubstantiated accounts of the boys defending a woman in a possible altercation at the basketball game. Hmm. Could someone have followed them when they left and the reason they turned off the main road was to lose their pursuers? A lot of people who live in that area state that it's almost impossible to get to that road that they were on by accident and they had to purposely go there. Did they witness something they weren't supposed to and flee to the trailer to hide? Could they have picked up a hitchhiker? Or could Shones himself have killed the men? That's actually one could of the they theories. Could fit a hitchhiker in that car That's with the, five that's of the them? thing. When I, as soon as I read that, I'm like, no, they had five, <laughs> bigger, on their lap they had five bigger guys jammed in there. Right. So I don't think they could have picked mm-hmm. up a hitchhiker. And people theorize that maybe Shones, the one that claimed to have witnessed the car behind them and the lights and all that stuff, is maybe the one that actually killed them. Mm. But that doesn't make sense either because he, they died from exposure. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so that makes no that makes no sense. Well, and was it medically verified that he had a minor ha- heart attack? Yes, it was. He went to the doctor, and it was verified that <laughs> was he had say, a minor how do heart you attack. Fake that. Yeah, I think it'd be hard to kill a bunch of people while you're having a minor heart attack. And then in the unless Charlie, he had the heart attack afterwards, but go ahead. Exactly, in the Charlie Project blog in 2017, uh, you know they did a story on this, and they had the comments section, and there was a commenter named Hewitt, and this is these Isn't are that one of their last names. No, you're right. It is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So they had a commenter named Hewitt. And these are all, this is all, what I'm going to read is straight quotes that Hewitt wrote on the board. Okay. Hewitt said, My husband's brother was one of these boys. Oh, okay. I have been in the Hewitt family for 20 years. There are stories of a situation that happened where the boys were forced up the road. All the stories I've heard have all been close to the same from all members of the family. Forensics are much better these days. I wish someone would look into this case and give closure to the remaining family members. I do believe that there was some sort of foul play. I am always praying that even after all these years, answers come out. This has been a very hard and devastating trauma to the families involved. My husband was also involved with the search and was there when the remains were found. He was 18 years old. Mm. 
My father-in-law speaks of this often, and my mother-in-law has been silent for years. For my loved ones who have been left without answers, I think it would be great if someone with current investigation experience could look into this. Has anyone ever realized that Schoen said he saw five people, one woman? Would that mean four boys on the road? One boy could have already been missing before they made it to the snow. Stories are that one of the boys was beaten and thrown off a bridge. The other four ran due to the town bully. It's just stories, but why did this not air on Unsolved Mysteries? Because parents were afraid, afraid of who or what. The guy who had state's evidence was found dead with chlorine in a fluid he drank. A lot of stuff surrounding this that no one shows in these articles. And notice how it's just left cold, completely left, but someone knows and that someone is still out there. In another post, she says, Looks like this hasn't been commented on in a while, so I'm going to throw out some possibilities, a wrench, so to speak. Being very close to the late Jackie Hewitt's brother, I have a lot of information about this story that is not in the articles. We've been following social media lately, and a lot of people are now talking about this. I can give you this. When the parents say they think the boys were forced up the road or taken, they believe it. They believe foul play was a factor. First, I want to tell you something that's fact. Jackie Hewitt would not have left that car or willingly agreed to go up that night in the mountains. He was home every night. Second, as for the food in the forest trailer, these boys didn't like to touch things that didn't belong to them in the first place, and that's the kind of boys they were. They wouldn't have broken locks or lockers without feeling bad and would have avoided taking what wasn't theirs for the taking. My father-in-law was there every day of the investigation and searching. My husband was in a search party that found the two boys on the creek side. My father-in-law was there and found his son's remains, his firstborn son. What is not mentioned is that baby clothes and blankets were in the car and shell casings were found outside near the car. This info may have been kept quiet at the time in hopes that a true lead would follow. What if Matthias was thrown off the Orville Dam wrapped in chains and never made it up the mountain, which is why his remains are yet to be found? What if there was a man that was going to turn in evidence against someone who was all part of this, but he suddenly died of an accidental Drano overdose? What about the guy who was going to speak to the one with info, but bullets fly through his house and almost hit him and kill a small child? One of these boys had a sister with a baby and a very angry ex-boyfriend bully who wanted payback for the breakup. These are parts of the story that are not talked about. What if in 1978, we have a man who even the police didn't want to deal with, the town bully? He's believed to have bullied the boys that night, possibly hurting one of them and threatening them to run or die. If what I'm saying is evidence behind it somewhere, we need to find it. Hmm. <clears throat> and she goes on to say, It's hard to know truths, but when multiple families are afraid to air Unsolved Mysteries episodes due to possible backlash, it should start putting up some question marks, don't you think? I know my mother-in-law wanted answers and my father-in-law was willing to sign the release, but the other families opted out. Because five families were involved without consent from all, it wouldn't air. Stories again of the town bully and families afraid to come forward. The guy who just happened to die, quote, suicide, I believe also had information he wanted to bring forward that never happened. I know Jackie would not have just gone along. He was very young mentally and was always home. My father-in-law said he told investigators to search those same areas for months, and they wouldn't because they said the weather was bad. But at first thaw, hikers come along and we have bodies. Hmm. These boys were afraid of someone or something that happened that night after the game. Baby clothes in the car, woman seen by a witness. One of the boys I had a sister, I believe, that broke up with a not-so-nice guy. Stories were told that she would pay, but her family would pay first. Yes, Where I'd... is she? Don't know. 
Yes, I know it all sounds crazy, almost movie material, but honestly, I've been hearing these stories from friends and family for 20 years. Like I said, forensics are better now. I wish someone would ask the right questions. Also, where is the news on this? Papers, articles, books? Normally, this kind of story just doesn't get swept under the rug, but this has almost 40 years and nothing. It's very odd, once you say. And then somebody responded and said, well, what about this girl? Is she still, did she disappear? And she said, girl, yes, she had a baby. She was never missing. The story of the girl is that she may have been how the boys were talked into or forced up the road. Also, the guy who ingested bleach or Drano was apparently going to give states evidence. We also learned that another individual who had information was shot in his home, shot at in his home to keep quiet. He never opened up about what he knew. So I don't get it. Did she? Is the girl? Does the girl exist or not? I can't tell from her responses. From her responses, the girl exists, and that. But they don't know who she is, or she won't say who she, she I is. I think she won't say who she is, okay. but she thinks that. The girl's they husband. Bait or the girl's husband used her as bait to get mm-hmm. to the family because he wanted to hurt the family. Okay. Jackie Hewitt's mother passed away this last Monday. We have located a lot of news articles and items which she had saved for 40 years. I am going to share all I have and someone can maybe put more light on this story. Hmm. And that's from... That's really sad. I mean, that's got to be frustrating. Five people are gone. Four, at least you know what happened to them to some degree. One was never found and... It's like nobody's doing anything about it. It's no, just like and it surprises place. me that as crazy of a story this is, it did not get a whole lot of coverage. I've never, I mean, I've no, a lot of the, the stuff, a lot before. of the stuff I read were basically from. There's like one or two newspaper articles about from back this. Then. Yeah, so there was very little coverage of this, and a lot of the stuff that is out there now came from just these couple articles. Hmm. Like, you know, this is like a really fascinating case, and you think there would have been a lot more about it out there, but there's not. There really isn't. Well, all of that information blew my theory to shreds, but... Um, so, is it possible that it was foul play? I mean, this Hewitt lady really believes that... Well, and she, she sounds keeps, like she has a lot of information Well, that yeah, she wasn't... keeps bringing up the, about the guy, you know, that supposedly drank Drano to kill himself. I can think of better ways to do it than drinking Drano. Or he was poisoned. Yeah, or he was poisoned. Um, the bullets through the house that it sounds like... Killed a child. Yeah, and that the police didn't even want to go after this guy. And there's theory number three. It was just an unfortunate series of events. Sure. That's actually where I was leaning with it. (laughs) Like one of the, you know, like somebody posted a theory that said, you know, the next day, Saturday, which would have been Saturday, the next day they had a basketball tournament that could have meant a free trip to LA and that psych meds don't really have a good effect on your basketball performance. Oh, so they think Matthias maybe stopped taking his meds in anticipation of the game. Mm -hmm. And that the night as they were driving back, is it possible he had a mental break and became convinced that someone was following them? That was 100% my theory. Uh, The other guys (laughs) have no idea what's going on, but because he's the oldest one and because he's the smartest one, people say that they maybe kind of looked at him as the leader of the group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with him having his break, he was trying to lose the person that was tailing them. Uh, the person said, I bet Matthias was the de facto leader of the group. He was the highest functioning and had the most worldly experience because he was in the military. Mm-hmm. Was so, he driving? No. Okay. Madruga was driving. Okay. So they drive up the mountain road trying to get away from whatever he thinks is after them and they get stuck. They walk out of the car to see how badly they're stuck. At this point, this, uh, this poster theorizes, at this point, I'm guessing the other guys are starting to argue with Matthias that they need to turn around and go home. But what happens instead? 
Out of the darkness on this isolated mountain road, a man starts calling out to them. And that's that's Shones in his car. That's Shones in his car calling out to them. Matthias freaks out. The other guys think, holy crap, he was right. And they set out on foot with flashlights. The guy calls out to them again, and they turn off their flashlights and blindly stumble along the path that was in the snow going up the mountain Mm -hmm. until they end up reaching the trailer. Uh, This person also says there was no woman and baby. The witness was probably wrong about that. Matthias kind of had longish hair at the time. And they wonder if he wasn't holding something or was like shiv- like, like had his arms crossed in front of him to stay warm. Okay. And that Shones maybe thought that that was a woman with the, holding a baby. Because according to Shones, there was four men uh, and a woman with a baby. Missing a person. So missing a guy. Yeah. One of the guys could have been the woman. Yeah. Sure. I'm with you. And he says there was no woman and baby. The witness was wrong about that. I'm guessing Matthias was in a full-on mental break the whole time they were in the trailer together, or he left really early on and the others died before they got to the trailer. Um, an- another poster on that board, Megan, says, quote, I'm not mentally disabled, but my autism regularly causes me to go completely off the rails when I'm in a situation that I didn't expect to happen. A lot of times I'll break things and do physical harm to myself because I'm panicking and just generally melting down. It's frightening for other people to see. Sure. So she thinks maybe Matthias did have a psychotic break and everybody else was just following his lead. That's, that exactly was my theory. And, and maybe at some point just ended up running blindly yeah, through the snow. Yep. And then another poster named Davey says, Weir, by every account I've seen, was a very rules-oriented person. He wasn't going to get himself, quote, in trouble by taking someone else's food, propane, or anything else. Like most of us, he's probably also been taught not to play with matches. We are talking about a semi-mentally retarded man. His thought processes are much simpler. Matthias had no such reservations and opened the sea rations, probably telling Weir that he'd take all the blame which explains the break into the trailer that Matthias probably said, "Look, I'll take the blame for this, but we need to get out of, we need to get inside of there." Mm-hmm. Did they think there was evidence that they all were in the trailer at some point? They don't know. Okay, they don't know. When Matthias finally did relapse into full schizophrenia, he likely took Weir's shoes, perhaps leaving his to demonstrate that he'd come back for Weir. Left a couple of open cans of food and walked away, never to be found. With nobody around to open the food, Weir eventually starved. The can opener that was left with the food was called a P38 and that's a military style can opener. And I've seen, I've seen it actually like at fleet farm and stuff and I see it mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't even know how I would use that, you know? So it's kind of a thing that you have to know how to use. Sure. How long do they think he survived though? Eight to 13 weeks. You can't and that survive is a, that long on two cans of food. No. So he had to have been getting sustenance from something. Yeah. And water. Yeah. You can go even, I mean, what is it like five days without water? Yeah. Three days, something like that. You know, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about, our feelings about the, okay. the case. Uh, so he couldn't figure out maybe how to use that, can, that specific style of can opener. And he wasn't going to go digging around in the shed because none of that belonged to him to investigate. And he wasn't going to play with matches. He didn't want to upset anyone. That logic might seem incomprehensible to someone who functions at a normal level, but yeah. Weir did not function at a normal level. He probably understood the concept of disappointing those around him better than he comprehended death itself. And by the time animal desperation and the will to live took over, he was probably too weak to do anything other than completely cover himself against the cold and wait for Gary to come back. I have little doubt he believed Gary would save him up until the very end. Hmm. So there's that. Like I said, Shones seeing that woman could have easily been one of the guys either huddling himself or holding something in front of him. And some people theorize that the mysterious whistling sound that he heard could have been the sound 
of Madruga's car's tires stuck in the snow and someone stepping on the gas to try to... Mm. Or uh, brakes. Yeah, investigators said it didn't look like the car was stuck in the snow. Mm. But... And the big, the biggest mystery in all of this is why they turned off on the way home. Some people theorize that Matthias wanted to visit some friends in a nearby town, but the friends later said that they hadn't talked to Matthias for over a year. And with the basketball game being the next day, the men would be anxious to get home. So how they ended up where they ended up makes absolutely no sense. Hmm. So that's that. So what do you think? Uh, my that my whole theory right. You know, from the get go, yeah, kind of was immediately actually when you mentioned that one of them had schizophrenia was and that he was known to not always take his medication is that he had a psychotic break. I actually pictured him, you know, forcing them to turn off and then getting out and running, and everybody like, oh my, we running have to go after, after him. him. Yeah, it's the way the other person kind of theorized it was much more controlled and. But then, if you take Shone's account. You know, if you think what Shown said is true, he if saw the men. What he said was true, yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem with his testimony is that he could have been, you know, yeah, I've never kinda, had a heart attack, but I don't know. I'm sure. I don't he, know what kind of state of mind you're in when you have a minor heart right. attack. And but he had something like he was kind of coming in and out he of He himself even says that this could have all been hallucinated by him. He's not 100% sure, but this is what he remembers seeing. He remembers seeing the group. I believe he saw something, though, because how did he know they were there to begin I with? I did, too, but... If they if were if they were having some sort of problem, why didn't they? What I don't understand is why didn't they respond to him yelling for them? Right. By all accounts, all of these people, all these guys loved helping people. That they were like super helpful. Right. So when they heard someone yelling out in the darkness, one of the other theories that somebody suggested Maybe is he thought that he was yelling out. And he one wasn't. of the <laughs> one of the theories that somebody suggested is that they heard him yelling. But because of the acoustics there, they Couldn't went the wrong hear. way. They ran, oh. thinking it was coming from the woods, ran to the woods and got lost. But did the, did the trailer where they were found, would they have had to walk past this guy's car to get there? Yes. That's so the he thing, had, is that, they had to have walked that's by That's the it. thing is that they had to have seen his car because his mm-hmm. car was there with him in it. So there's just yeah. a lot of this that doesn't make doesn't sense. There's up. a lot of it that's really... I can understand why people call this America's... That law of pass incident because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. It is hard to rationalize why. It, it, okay, you and I felt guilty walking in here when the floors were freshly <laughs> that's done, true. right? That's true. So we have a very strong conscience. Yeah, and that's the thing is that I have worked at jobs with, you know, I don't know. I don't think I don't want to use the word mentally retarded, but which is with like slow people. Sure. I have worked with people that mental have deficiencies, that have, deficiencies yeah. that have mental handicaps. And in my experience, they're very, very innocent, innocent, and afraid of doing something that's going right, to get them the going to get them yelled at. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people who you know who watch them or take care of them get frustrated with them and yell at them quite a bit for doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And I think that that they've become very. I think it was a lot less understood back then too. Yeah, I think that they've become very sensitive to doing things that would get them yelled at or i think they just also have a very strong conscience you know what i mean yeah yeah like that one guy says that stuff in a trailer did not belong to him so he would not go through the stuff in the trailer and that as someone 
like of, us, it's hard to rationalize yeah. because like I said, I am someone aside from my speeding incident earlier this week, <laughs> I, I've never stolen a thing in my life, not even something small. And I have a very strong, my morals when it comes to that yeah. sort of thing are very strong. Yeah. But if my life depended on it, I would break into someone's house and, and eat their food if I had to. The food, the food that was inside the trailer was in a locked locker. But it, I would have found a way. It would, in there. it would have been very easy to break the locker open, and I'm, I'm thinking if it if say that go in the middle, say it's ten weeks. Ten weeks is a long, long time. Well, how do you go without food and water for? More he, than they that? opened some of the food, but they had a lot more food that wasn't opened. Hmm. So, is it possible that Matthias did leave him a bunch of opened cans of food? And that he eventually ran out of that. Matthias didn't make it back. Maybe Matthias got lost and killed and didn't make it back. And if his feet were that badly frostbitten, maybe he couldn't even get up out of bed and walk. Mm -hmm. But you would think after, say, 10 weeks, I mean, that's over two months. I would say after, I'm literally, how long can you go without water? It's like a week. Yeah. I don't think he would have made it past that. I mean, no, I don't. You can't live without water. You absolutely cannot. Our and the, bodies the need thing, water. The thing that puzzles me a lot is I have that to Google it now because it's killing me. The thing that puzzles me a lot is say, you know, like I just said, maybe Matthias headed out and died, and then Weir died. But who came to tuck in the sheets on the shroud that was on Weir? Because they said you could not have done that yourself. Because it was completely tucked under his head, and he was completely tucked in. Yeah, I could see you tucking everything but, but yeah. your head. So no, they yeah. said it was obvious that somebody had tucked him in. So that means somebody else was there when he died or after he died. I mean, maybe somebody so just came So if somebody was along. there when he died, why did they not give him more food? Or maybe somebody found him just after he died and like out of respect covered him up or whatever. And, and didn't tell the police? Yeah, it's odd. Okay. The human body needs food and water to survive. A human can go more can go for more than three weeks without food, but water is a different story. Um, hold on, I thought it would give you me. You know, did they possibly melt snow to have water? That's actually you're not supposed to do that though. How would they melt snow when they didn't have a heat source? You can only go three weeks. Okay, if human can go without food for three weeks but can only go three to four days without water. If they didn't have a heat source, how would they have even been able to melt snow, enough snow to stay know. hydrated? Why three to four I, days. Why didn't they start a fire? I don't understand why they didn't start a fire. Right. You know, because... If their mental capacity A lot of people really... believe that Matthias is the one that... At least Matthias is the one that was there with Weir in the trailer. And Just Matthias, based on his shoes being in there? Yeah. But he had to be in there at some point, and he had a military training. He had survival training mm -hmm. in the Army, so he should have, unless he did have a total psychotic break and didn't know what he was doing. Maybe he also, if he was coming down from it, was going to go for help and never came back. But then he, somebody was there to tuck the body. It could have been one of the other guys. How how were they able to tell when the other guys were? How long? No, not they, really. No, they pretty much died around the same it time. Could have been. Yeah, it could have been one of them easily. Why not? And as far as the propane tank, you know, I thought about the. Here's the thing. I'm. I think of myself as a smart person. I had my IQ tested and all that, and I'm smart with that stuff. But I am really common sense dumb. Stuff if like I propane was presented, tanks scare if, me. <laughs> if I was presented with a propane tank. 
and you need to light the pilot light and all that stuff, I would mm-hmm. have no absolutely no idea of what to do. I would, I would have probably an idea, free, but I would I'd probably be freeze, afraid. Of... I would probably freeze to death in that situation myself because I have never done anything with the propane tank. I'd be afraid of blowing it up. Oh, I would too. I think at some point, though, I would try. But they think that Matthias, if he was there, should have known how to start the propane tank being in the military. Right. But I, like I've, we said, maybe Matthias wasn't there. Maybe... Right. You know, is it possible Maybe that somebody else on. took off Matthias's shoes after he died outside? And it, I don't know. I don't know. But where's his body, though? People said he had glasses. He had glasses that should have been found. He had clothes that should have been found. But I think nothing, he's far away. Nothing of his has ever been found. Hmm. I think he went for help. He was the smartest one, the most capable one. Had the military training. I think he decided he was. If it wasn't a psychotic break that got them out there. I mean, how do you just come? I, yeah. I suppose you can come back from that. I don't. I don't know enough about it, but maybe he decided to go for help, and he's deeper into the woods where nobody's ever looked for him. But also, it floors me that this is twenty miles. Twenty miles is a hell of a long way in the to, snow. In the snow <laughs> with no jacket and tennies on. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people. A lot, the one thing that I disagree with is a lot of people said, "Oh, they did this through six to ten feet tall snowdrifts," but they said that that bobcat or whatever was there and and plowed mm-hmm. a path. Up to the trailer. So it's probably only a couple of feet of snow. If that, but because mm-hmm. if the thing was there a day before and plowed a path to the trailer, yeah. they would have had no problem taking the path up to the trailer. Well, even if they weren't, pl- you know, trudging through feet of snow, they probably were on in the verge of hypothermia, and hypothermia greatly affects your judgment. Yeah. Greatly yep. affects your judgment. People but still, 20 miles is stuff. a long, 20 miles is a long way. And why did it not occur to them? Why did they not? Why did they keep going up? Why did they not? Why did they leave the car in the first place? Right. That's what. That's what I don't get. Twenty miles is like from Sheboygan to Manitowoc. That's a long <laughs> way to walk at night in the snow and not dressed properly for the weather. No, could somebody have given them a ride? And I don't think the trail that they took was wide enough for. Uh, I don't know. The thing is, we don't know when they got to the camper, right? No. They weren't found for, what, six or seven months? Yeah. It could have taken them days to get there. They could have been out in the woods. I mean, if they had frostbite, that it could have taken them several days. And by the time they got up there, they were so disoriented and confused and hypothermia had set in. They were just making bad decisions left and right on top of having diminished mental you know, mm-hmm. capacity. I don't know. And I wasn't going to include this because I think this is just, I don't think this is relevant. Okay. But. It definitely has 411 written all over it, though. It totally has missing 411 written all over it. It said that a woman who did not want to be identified said she saw the five men a day after the night of the incident in front of Mary's Country Store in Brownsville, a small town more than an hour's drive over backcountry roads from Roger's cow camp where the Mercury had been abandoned. That was Madruga's car. The woman did not report her information to sheriff's officers until Friday, March 3rd, after the reward poster was printed with the pictures of the missing men. Uh, Dennis Moore of the Yuba County Sheriff's Department said that he believes she is a credible witness and that he takes his, her information seriously. Well, that directly contradicts the guy who had the heart attack, though. Yeah. A search, uh, he, the article went on to say, a search this week has been centered around the Brownsville area. According to the unknown woman, two of the men were in a pickup truck, two of the men were at the outside telephone booth, and the fifth man was in the store. 
The Yuba County Sheriff's Office said the woman identified Jack Hewitt as the man in the telephone booth. Hmm. But a lot of people say... Where's this pickup truck? I don't know. But another weird thing is that in Sean's account where he said that there were two vehicles there, he said the second one was a pickup truck. Maybe their car, they took a wrong turn, their car broke down, but no, they said there was nothing wrong with the car. No, they, they hotwired it, the sheriff's department hotwired it and said it started right up it wasn't stuck because the would window the window was down so whatever happened happened they it weren't make... they weren't lost because they had maps in the glove compartment that were still all folded in the glove compartment it makes sense that you know somebody came along gave them a ride into town the next day they tried to make a phone call to call somebody you know and then they brought them back to their car the next day for some reason and then they took off again up in the I hills. I, a lot of people think that this woman is saying this just for the reward money. Well, and if 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 we're not sure if we believe Sean, is that his name? Yeah, Sean, Joseph Sean. If we're not sure that we believe him, I mean, it could have been weeks later that they went up to that trailer. They were they were seen at this basketball game and then not found for yeah, another for, six for or seven months. months. I yeah. mean, that doesn't mean that they ventured up to that trailer that night. But I do believe Shones saw them. I really do. I believe he and saw them. it was them. that night? It was that night. I really mm-hmm. believe he saw them. And it was because he says he passed that car the next day when he walked to the lodge. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't notify the police about seeing that car until after the report came out that the men were missing and had the car on there. And he, he was like, holy crap, that's the car that I walked past. That's how he got involved with this. So I do believe, I don't believe the lady's account that she saw. I mean, he could have made all this up. (laughs) No, because he was actually there. They, you know, he was actually there. They found him there. I think they came and got him there because his car had run out of gas. So he was there. Okay. He was there and they verified, that, and they he verified there. that he did have a heart attack. So I do believe his story. Okay. It's just people don't know if he hallucinated. Remembers it correctly, yeah. If people if he hallucinated what he saw, if he dreamt what he saw. But I the weird thing is is why would he say yeah, the whole thing about I the personally truck. believe his story. I think that he saw the men get out of the pickup truck. Or yeah, that he saw them <laughs> he saw the men get out of the car. And called out to them and they shut their lights off because they were freaked out that they didn't know what was going on and why somebody was yelling to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it possible that they got out of the car, they heard him yell, they freaked out, one of them dropped their keys, they couldn't find the keys to get back into the car. And they've never found the keys, They right? never found the keys. And that maybe the, the, the shouting scared them enough that they bolted off into the woods? Right, they went but around. why would you go 20 miles in the woods? Well, and if they had to, if I kind I mean, of, if this Sean's truck or car was directly in, you know, I mean, where was the the trailer in relation to where their car was parked? Like we said, they would have had to walk by this guy's. They did walk past Sean's car, just like Sean's walked past. Because he their said car. he woke up and they were outside the car with yeah, flashlights. with flashlights. Hmm. Twenty miles is the the clincher for me. Yeah, that's what that's what I can't figure out. Why would you go? That far, unless you were scared of something that was there. Well, Nick, were they on a path too? They were on a path. So it's not like they got turned around in the woods. No, that's what everybody says is that when you're lost, you generally go in circles. And they said, these guys didn't go in circles. They went they right down this path. Line. Yeah. Probably because the path was there for them to walk down and the path led to the trailer. But why go so far unless you were convinced something was chasing you? Or maybe they had been out there so long, they thought if we turn around now... This path has to go somewhere. Yeah, that's possible. That's very possible. 
Hmm. So what do you think? <laughs> what do you? God, th- I, don't I kind know. of I kind of like the person's theory that Matthias had a psychotic break and was convinced that somebody was following them, or maybe something really did happen at the basketball game. I mean, where is she get? I just feel like this is a family member of one of these guys, and she has a bunch of information. Yeah. I'm more apt to believe her than my own theory. But also, in that situation, you're not going to want to believe it was the boys' ignorance that got them killed. That it wasn't their... You're going to want to believe somebody did it because you're not going to want to believe that they like accidentally did it. like she Like there's yeah. shell casings yeah. and why were there baby clothes in the car and... But I... I, I don't know. What, what's, your, what's your theory? What do you, what's your favorite theory? Favorite theory? Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot. Aliens. I knew that was going to be Definitely aliens. Um, I really like the theory that... He had a psychotic break? I think it's a combination of the two. I think something happened at the basketball game, and I think they were Set followed. Set off his paranoia. I think they were followed, or he was worried that somebody was following them from the basketball game. Yeah. And I think that's why they turned off, was to try to lose the person that was following them. Why and did I, they get out of the car, though? It doesn't make sense. Because they couldn't go anymore oh, the because of the snow. Oh, but was and that because, guy parked there? When, yeah, but that's where the snow line started, so they couldn't go a whole lot farther without hitting, without getting to the snow. It just doesn't make sense, though. Why wouldn't they just back up and keep driving on the regular road? Because they thought somebody was chasing them. And but maybe it, somebody was chasing yeah, them. Yeah, maybe somebody was. Maybe somebody, maybe this bully was chasing them from the basketball game home. Mm-hmm. And they got there got out of the car and ran into the woods to get away from the guy that was chasing them. And maybe once the bully or whoever pulled up and saw them running into the woods, he's like, eh, that's enough for them. And then turned around and I left. Screwed them good. Yeah, turned around and left and let them run. And, and they just kept running until... <laughs> 20 miles later. Until 20 miles later. I think that makes sense. I mean, I really do. Well, and But then I don't understand what happened in the trailer. I don't understand the trailer. I don't understand how he died starving... But yet somebody was there after he died to to tuck the sheets in underneath him. And That's you, what makes no sense to me. I'd like more information on really how much food was there open. Yeah. Because you, I just read you can only go three to four weeks yeah. without food. Did he stretch a few cans of food 18 weeks, 13, whatever it was? And the water thing really bothers me. You can only go three to four days without water. Yeah, there's no there's, heat source. There's to melt not the a snow. lot. There's really not a lot of good detail about the case. There's such a huge gap in when they were last seen and when they were found that pff, there's no telling what happened in between that time. Looking up on the internet, it says more than a dozen sea ration cans from an outside storage shed had been opened and emptied. One had been opened with an Army P38 can opener, which only Madruga and Matthias, who had served in the Army, probably knew how to use. So but, more than but a no dozen? one had opened a locker in the same shed containing enough dehydrated Mexican dinners and fruit cocktails to keep all five alive for a year. So it's at least a dozen cans of food. That's not much. No, but then why? Probably didn't... only a dozen like single servings of food. Yeah, but that's what they found open inside the trailer. But they had the locker there with all the other food in it. That's not even enough for one person to eat one of those rations a week. No. To last how long that they are theorizing that guy was alive and i could see this i could see this making sense if nobody was there with him but if somebody was there with him and were and tucked him in after he died somebody had to be there right and why say matthias or whoever was there with him the whole 10 weeks or whatever once you just start 
poking around and opening everything you could find and Absolutely. bust that locker open and find right. all that food. Was there water in there? I don't know. It doesn't the say. The water's killing me. <laughs> it, you're very obsessed with this, the water situation. Well, you can't live more than three or four days without water. No. It just, I don't understand how this person lived that long. Because it was apparently warmer inside the trailer. So, you know, during the day, Not it would probably get up, during the day, snow. it would probably get up to 40 or 50. And they they could bring the the snow in in a cup or something like that and let it melt over the course of the day. Do you think they had the wherewithal to do that? When they, they had to, if he survived, they had to, if he survived. I don't know. I mean, it, I don't it know. had to. Yeah, they had yeah. to. Have. He had to have had water. That's just a given at yeah. this point. I mean, there's I no way to survive without it. I don't know. My my favorite theory is that either somebody is that something happened at the basketball game and either they were chased on the way home or they thought that they were getting chased on the way home. Mm -hmm. And that is why they turned off. That's why they ended up going down this road to try to lose whoever. And we're like, crap, we can't go any farther. So they got out of the car and ran. And whether or not there was somebody actually chasing them or not, I don't know. But that's the only thing that makes sense because they got out of the car, windows open, you know, so they they obviously were in a panic state. Mm Mm-hmm. But then why didn't they answer Sean when he yelled out to them for help? Right. Fear, I guess. Yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't People know. do weird stuff when they're in a survival situation and hypothermia and lack of food and water. Yeah. People start doing weird stuff. That could explain probably a lot of it. I just wish there was more out there about this because right. there's not. And there's a lot of conflicting things. Like right. a lot of the articles said, oh, these kids or these men walked or ran 20 miles in a snowstorm, but there wasn't a snowstorm that day. Uh, somebody, other, other people said it. Then I looked on a, I think it was weather underground. I looked at the weather for that night and it was just cloudy, cold mm-hmm. and cloudy. There was no snow until the blizzard hit. I think the following day or two. So there's just, there's a lot of conflicting reports. Mm-hmm. It, it really does remind me of more Murray. <laughs> Because there are a lot of why, you know. Like why this, why, why this, yeah, why this. but there's no body. And we don't have this body. is one of those things where I think it was just a bunch of things added up mm-hmm. that made it mysterious. Right. You know. Strange circumstances. You and I could have something happen on the way home that would be like, in, why did they do that? In reality, it made perfect, it totally made sense. But as from an outside looking in yeah. point of view, it's like totally strange and doesn't make any sense. But I'm going to go but with when the, you see the explanation, you're like, oh, that's I'm what going happened. with the theory that they were either chased there or thought they were being chased there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened. In the guy's schizophrenia probably. I don't know what happened in the little. trailer. I have no idea what happened in the trailer. None of that makes sense. Never to Never going to know. No. Yeah, it is weird. It's a it's a pile of strange circumstances and apparently nobody is spending a whole lot of time looking into it. You feel bad for the families. Yeah. They still want I mean, answers. That has to be horrible to not have those kind of answers for 40 years. Right. To have somebody you love die and not know how or why mm-hmm. or even where, you know. So right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what yeah, to make of this. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I think it's just a we're never going to know kind no. of situation. Unfortunately, it's but interesting though. It's super puzzling, and mm-hmm. I, I adding this to the list of things that I wish, if I ever have the chance to know what happened, I want to know. Yeah, what happened here? Like Detloff passed and more. And I, I, I <laughs> feel sorry for him dying in the trailer, slowly starving oh. to death. Man, I get when hangry. there's food right there. I get hangry after just a few I hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't even imagine. 
Oh. If you were there and you opened up the locker and it was all pickle pops, you'd be like, you know what? Oh. I'm good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go kill a deer or something. <laughs> so what do you guys think? I mean, obviously, some of you have said that you're very interested in this case. So let us know what you think. Because yeah, what are your series? I'm stumped. I don't know. I think they were running from something, ended up there. And what happened up in the trailer? Who was there? I'm, I have no idea. Right. It's just weird. Yeah, it is strange. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear other people's theories. So, so. please let us know what you guys think. Hmm. Sorry we didn't come up with a conclusive answer. <laughs> but I knew That's nothing. That's not our job. <laughs> I knew nothing about this going into the reading it. And I was reading it and it's like, wow, this really is very uh, strange. Yeah, very interesting. Cool. All right. So we got time for a listener question. Yeah. Should I turn it. on the lights in here? Maybe. It's okay, pretty it's, dark it's in here. It's dark. <laughs> the moon is out. And I am looking for our question. Our question is sent in by Anonymous, of Ooh, course. Of course. Aren't they all? What was your most embarrassing moment? Like ever? Like ever. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, geez. I don't know. I, embar- I actually embarrassed, <laughs> embarrassed really on easily. a daily basis. Well, we talked about this, how, how I, somebody said, what's your biggest regret or something like that? And mine was that I, I get embarrassed so easily and stuff that is probably wouldn't cross other people's minds after it's done sticks with me <laughs> for a long time. I remember, and this is the only thing that jumps out at me. It's so stupid. But when I was a kid, <laughs> I was very shy as a kid. Very shy. Um, I didn't like doing stuff alone. Like when my mom was going to drop me off at a birthday party or something, she would have to stay until I got comfortable and then she could sneak out. Like I was, oh. <laughs> otherwise I would, I would cry when she dropped me off at school. Like I was just a shy kid. I wanted to be home. And I remember being in the, this is so silly, but I remember it. I was in the grocery store in the line at the checkout. I think my mom was in front of me and I turned around thinking my dad was behind me and I started talking to somebody and I realized that I didn't know who it was. <laughs> and that was like one of the most embarrassing things for me as a kid. And I think it actually caused me to actually retreat even further into being a shy person wow. because I was like, all right, I just spoke to a complete stranger in public. That wasn't my dad. And I'm like really uh, <laughs> awkward and embarrassed about it. I can't really think of anything as an adult because I think I've learned to just let it go. Like everybody's embarrassed. Everybody does stupid stuff or <laughs> yeah, says something dumb or like when you hit reply all on accident Ooh, or yeah. when you're hu- you're in the store and your husband starts dancing to a song so people look at you because <laughs> you know it embarrasses you. Jim does that? <sighs> yes, he does. <laughs> he likes attention. I don't. No, I don't either. I don't know. Nothing comes to mind really, to be honest. No. Besides that story as of me as a kid. Because for some reason it left an imprint on me. The first thing that popped into my head, and this isn't even really that embarrassing, but it kind of is, and that this is probably the most embarrassing because it's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm a hard, I'm kind of a hard person to embarrass. Okay. Uh, but challenge accepted. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) When I went to UWGB, uh, University of Wisconsin Green Bay, where Mm -hmm. I went to college for English, uh, this was like the perfect storm of klutziness. (laughs) where there's a I want to say there were three or four buildings that all were like kind of around a central hub okay outside Mm -hmm. and it was winter courtyard yeah like a courtyard it was winter and class I know what's happening class had had just got done right sure so people are all filing out I was like the first one filing out 
I, I made it to the exact center of this hub, slipped on some ice, went ass over tea kettle, <laughs> and you could not have pictured this better. My folders I was carrying went oh, flying no. up in the air. My books went <laughs> flying up in the air. There were papers fluttering down oh, everywhere. Man. And I was laying, and everybody was coming out of the building. So everybody was focused on the area that I was <laughs> in. So that oh, that is probably oh, my most physically it. embarrassing. Did, did people laugh? Did someone help you? People, like, everybody I mean, laughed, but a couple of people did help me. That's good. Yeah. But that, oh, that just came to mind as my most embarrassing yeah. moment. And that sucked. But. Like I, I'm, I'm weird that I don't like attention, but I was realizing on the drive down here today that I'm singing along in my car like crazy and people are passing me oh, and yeah, I'm I just singing along that. and I don't care what they think about me. So I, I'm hard to embarrass, embarrass with stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Like I think little things like compliments really embarrass me. I don't take compliments well. You're looking nice tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I blush really easily. <laughs> I blush easily too. Oh, I found that out lately at work. But I guess I found, I mean, I'm in my 40s now and I, I guess I care much less about what people think of me yeah, than I used to. That's one benefit of getting older. You could kind of care just get less about what people think about you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But that popped into my head was my yeah. spill on the ice in front of probably hundreds of people. Well, and I, for my story, I was probably seven or eight. So that's yeah. <laughs> stuck with me that long. Oh, so well. Obviously, that was embarrassing. Want to do another one? Or... Sure, let's do Wait, another one. One more question for tonight. Of all the conspiracy theories out there and that are so famous, which one would you like to be proven is the real deal? What conspiracy theory would you like to be? Two pop into my head. One is the most famous one and that's JFK who killed JFK either pulled the trigger or who orchestrated it if that's even what happened but i i i do want to know for 100% sure that there was no conspiracy behind 911 yeah that's because that affected me personally yeah, i mean all of us we are all affected by yeah. that it happened well if you were alive then it happened yeah. and you remember it to this day and there there are some things that you question like people knew about yeah. some things ahead of time and were there conspiracy theories behind that that are true i'd like to know that i'm uh, totally 100 percent down with that that's the one i you know i've seen the, sh- the the shows about the conspiracy theories about 9-11 maybe we'll have a 9-11 s- episode sometime Mm -hmm. but i i just flat out refuse to believe that all those people were let die knowing that that was going to happen i I just won't believe that i don't want to i know a lot of people think (laughs) that that that's what happened it could yeah i don't know but i i refuse to think that somebody would allow on our side but I know stuff like that has happened in the past, sure. you know, so I'm just, yeah. I don't know if it's me by being naive or, or stubborn or what, but I just, human. I won't, I don't believe that somebody would let that many people so die. Because it's so unconscionable that somebody yeah. would knowingly allow that to happen yeah. for some kind of political gain. So no, I'm totally, totally down with that answer. Mm-hmm. 9-11. I don't want that to be true. Right. I really don't. I want it to be proven that it's not. This was all orchestrated by... Because there is nothing, in my opinion, more monstrous than that. Absolutely. So, wow. Thank you for the questions. That was deep. That was deep. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the questions. Yeah. I do want to, before we... While we're talking about crime here... um, We had a... We're talking about crime. 9-11. Oh. (laughs) That wasn't really a crime. Well, it sort of was. It was mass murder. uh, Terrorism. 
Um, but I just wanted to mention real quick, we have a, a missing girl here in Wisconsin. Um, if you're from Wisconsin, I'm sure you got the Amber Alerts several times that night on your phone, on your TV. Um, I love that the Amber Alerts pop up on the TV. I do too, I actually. I really like that. It was like once every couple of hours or yeah. something like that. Or once every hour. Yep. Um, so anyway, and I'm just going to read actually the Amber Alert. Endangered juvenile Jane Kloss from Barron, Wisconsin. Um, it's in, That's in the upper western area of Wisconsin, kind of, I don't know, Eau Claire area. Um, she went missing this past Sunday, which would have been the 14th. Well, at least they think. I haven't really heard a whole lot about when she was last seen. No, I haven't either. But at 1 o'clock in the morning on 10-15, a strange 911 call came in from her residence. Nobody was on the other end, at least speaking. But apparently there were things heard in the background that led them to believe that she was in the house at the time. Her parents were found, I believe, shot to death later that uh, when the police arrived. And she's missing, and she's been missing ever since then. She's 13 years old. I believe she's like five feet tall, 100 pounds, um, light brown hair, green eyes, um, described as very sweet and very shy. Um, there, nobody, there's no suspects. They have no, she's not a suspect. They believe very strongly she had nothing to do with her parents' um, murders. But something that's frustrating to me is that they're really talking about this um, sighting of her in Miami, Florida. Yeah, in Florida. I'm sorry, that's a 26-hour drive. There's yeah. a 0% chance that she made it to Miami, Florida in less than 26 hours. Yeah. She was allegedly spotted there at 2 p.m. Monday. And if she was in that house at 1 a.m. Monday morning, there's a 0% chance that she made it there unless they had a private plane. Yeah, <laughs> There's no way they could have gotten her onto a commercial plane. No, She allegedly was seen with two Middle Eastern men, well-dressed in a black SUV with Wisconsin plates. And to me, that makes no sense. You could never drive that distance in that short amount of time. So it kind of bugs me that they're, they keep talking about that because I feel like there's other leads that they could be following. But it's mostly the internet that's perpetuating that one. But anyway, they believe she's missing and that her life is in danger, but they do think that she's alive. So if you just Google this, missing Wisconsin girl, 13, I mean, I, that's what I Googled and I got several links. You'll get pictures of her. I know we have listeners all over the country, so and the FBI is involved in this now because they do think she probably crossed state lines with whoever took her. So again, Jane Kloss from Barron, Wisconsin. Just Google the name. Um, Jane is spelled J-A-Y-N-E. The last name is C L O S S. Yeah, to see pictures of her. I, I, uh, you hope, I don't hope they're gonna I, find her. I hate alive. it, but I don't have a good feeling about it. I really don't. Right away, I'm like sex trafficking or something. Like she's being sold into, you know, some kind. But of then how? How did the did whoever killed her? parents go there with the intention of killing them and taking her That's or did the, they go there to kill them and she was just she just a, happened to be there she just happened to be the there the police were saying they have no idea if it was random or yeah. if it was intentional they don't know who has her it, it's just it's really scary i listened to the i think it was the sofa king podcast about sex trafficking <sighs> and that's just some of the stuff on it's there really and they scary. just they just busted a ring in michigan michigan 120 yeah. well 123 out of 300 some missing kids were verified located. Yeah. They they said only three of them were probably sex trafficking, but one is too many. I think a lot of them were probably runaways. Yeah. But sex trafficking is like, 
it's like the real deal now. I'm hearing stories about people kind of like near misses in our area, like almost abducted kind of situations. And that's just freaking awful. Yeah. That's, I mean, that happens and that's, (sighs) I don't know. It's just, it's depressing. Mm -hmm. I was playing a role-playing game recently where like the villain, his whole scheme was that he wanted to wipe out humanity and have it restart over. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of, I can kind of understand that, but Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, there's, there's a lot of times where I feel like we're, we live in scary times. We're devolving as a species Mm -hmm. rather than evolving. At the same time though, you have to remind yourself that the only thing that gets reported on the news is this stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of really, really good things happening in the world and a lot of good people doing really good things. It's just not newsworthy. No, that's very true. There's actually a website. If you just Google good news stories, there's a website that you can subscribe to emails and they'll send you positive stories every day in your email. I did that because I can't handle the news no, anymore. That's it's why. So that's why depressing. my only news source is the Onion. That is my. That is my only <laughs> the news. Fake news. Yeah, the that's fake news. The fake news. <laughs> I love it. Oh, good stuff. Wow. So that got depressing. That got depressing. But I wanted deep, to put that fast. out there because it's yeah. fresh. There's no real, in my mind, legitimate leads, and somebody no. somewhere could see her and help save her life. So, if you see something, say something. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So on that, on, note. on that depressing <laughs> note, thank you guys as always for listening. Yep. Uh, feel free to drop us a line, a, a email, the strange sessions at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, We're Twitter, on Instagram. Facebook. And if you want to ask us an anonymous question, that website is www. <laughs> it's qooh.me slash strange sessions. Feel free to ask us a question, ask us anything. We love our questions from our listeners. Yeah, they don't have to be paranormal. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. We're getting more people every week. And it just means the world to us that people actually listen to us. Like we said, we thought it was going to be Krista and I talking to like three or four of our friends (laughs) and that would be it. So it means a ton to us that you guys listen. And And I think the ratings on iTunes do help because it actually, it pushes our podcast into the suggestions. Yeah. So when you are looking at a podcast and you get those other ones that are suggested, the higher you're rated on iTunes, the more your podcast will be suggested. So somebody at work last week asked me how many fans we have. And that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like fans. No, we have listeners. We have friends that listen. That's what we have. Friends that listen. We don't. Fans. Fan is weird. I don't like using <laughs> that word. Weird. No, I don't like using that word. No, we have friends that listen it's to our podcast. Like That's what we have. Thing. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening mm-hmm. always from the bottom of our hearts. And until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an old school media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com. <laughs> <laughs>